0: Welcome, everyone, to Fabricure the Travelers podcast. Um, I have with me Grant Gallagher, um, what I would consider to be, and many others, uh, one of the, if not the, uh, top performing uh, comedians in Prague. (laughs) (laughs) He almost Uh, said that with a straight face, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, love us. Uh, The bar isn't that high, but (laughs) (laughs) he's he's one of the best over here one of the first comedians i've met since i came here and when i saw him on stage i was like bro i want to do that so today we're gonna go over his journey and how he got here um what um, you know his opinions about having a comedy career in general and uh, and yeah uh so grant uh, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? I will, Mohamed. Thank you very much for having me on.
1: And uh, thank you for waiting at least, uh, let's see, 30 seconds before you sort of insulted me a little bit. That was the, the most backhanded compliment I've ever received in my entire life. I really do appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so my name is Greg Gallagher. I'm a comedian. I'm originally from Scotland. Uh, I do stand-up comedy and I also ha- host a YouTube channel called Visual Politic. Uh, and I've been living here in Prague for the last three years.
0: Wait, holy shit! You you host Visual Politics? Yeah. Wait, I used to watch that when the other bold guy was on.
1: When, 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 Simon, <laughs> when Simon was on. This
0: is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good to see you've done your research. <laughs> what, what really... no, like I know, I remember someone like mentioning that you know he does some this other. I remember Christina Alice said we but you know, granted she, he has this other really big uh, YouTube channel. I was like, really? What's it called? I, was like, I don't remember. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that does
1: sound like uh, Christina, Christina Halova, a good friend of ours. Uh, she runs a comedy here in, in Prague, and okay. uh, she she organises a lot of the gigs. And uh, it's good to know that she also doesn't know what the fuck it is I do, <laughs> uh, as, 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 as well as you, mate. So uh,
0: it's all good, dude. It's all good. We're all I mean, it. come on, you're a comedian first. These are all like side gigs, not a Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Comedy is what comedy is what I've dedicated my life to. Uh, visual politics is what pays the bills. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know something. Something has to. Uh, but let's let's so let's get more into that. But before we do, um, so let's um, just, just kind of zoom out and go back in time. So okay. this is so you know you you're originally from Scotland, mm-hmm. um, born and raised there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so like, wh- where are you from specifically? In Scotland? Or where are you from? I,
1: I'm from a, a tiny town on the west coast of Scotland, which n- nobody knows. Like even people like. 10 miles away, don't know it. So I I say I'm, I was born in a town called Greenock, which is a, a sort of small, used to be a port. Uh, Sounds ship. like a, the
0: name of a water dragon yeah, well, that I would catch in Buckingham. Well, funnily, funnily <laughs> enough, funnily
1: enough it, it used to be like a major shipbuilding port. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. So there was a point in time, uh, just before the Second World War, where a third of all of the ships in the British Navy fleet were built on the Clyde, which is the river oh. that runs through Glasgow and Greenock. So that's where I'm from. Now, obviously, it doesn't have shipbuilding anymore. There's, they went from like Hundreds of shipyards to one, mm. uh, but uh, so so there's not much not much going on there now. Now most of the jobs are like call centers or uh, shopping malls and things. But uh, that's where that's where I'm from.
0: That's good. That's good. Uh, Brian, question: What what was the name of like the like the Scottish water dragon thing? A kelpie. A kelpie. A kelpie. I remember that was a big deal back when I was in Scotland. This was years ago. So I so random fact like I. Lived in Scotland for like two years. Uh, I'm so in, sorry for your loss. And, <laughs> and uh, like this is actually how uh, like this is one of the first interactions I had with Grant. Uh, I was in the show that he was performing, and he asked anyone in the room from Scotland. <laughs> and like no one raised their hand, and like he would he was like staring sadly at the stage and the, at the audience. And I was like, you know what, maybe me. And so I kind of like half raised my hand, and he was staring at me like, Brute, you?" And I was like, kinda. And they're like, oh, I was about to say, you don't look very healthy, <laughs> is what I said. I said healthy. <laughs> I said, you look very healthy, Captain Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's what I was going uh, It was good, it was good. It was, good, it was good, a good introduction. But yeah, uh, we hit it off of that. Um, and so, yeah, so what did you study? Uh, actually, did you study university? first? Yes, did yes. You study? I went to, uh, my mum. really wanted me to be a doctor. Uh, and uh, oh, God.
1: Uh, yeah, as as, <laughs> as, uh, as, uh, as anyone who has met me for more than five minutes can tell, that is not going to happen. So I went to university and I studied parasitology and virology, the study of parasites and viruses. Because
0: oh. I mean, is that the, not part of medicine?
1: Uh, no, so it's uh, it's immunology technically, but uh, oh. but technically it's more about uh, studying like the actual diseases themselves rather than the, the the human beings who are getting sick. If you understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying. But you could, what you could have done is you could have done that four-year degree and then you would have entered into medical school in the second year, which was kind of my plan. Because I, when I was in school, uh, we had uh, like guidance counsellors, like people who told you what they like, gave you advice for your future mm-hmm. career and stuff. And um, my, mine sat me down and said, like, so tell me Grant, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think uh, I was really into music at the time. So I was like, I think I want to do something involving like the arts I want to be like a musician or a performer of some kind like I really am interested in that and uh, because of the area that I grew up in which was quite deprived they were like don't be fucking ridiculous like don't <laughs> be like, they were like don't be ridiculous like you, what you want is you want a good job you want to go to university and get a good job so you want to go to university and do this and do this and do this And because I was like 17 at the time I was like okay sure, whatever. yeah going, all right fine then or, yeah, I guess uh, and so I went to do university and then in my third year uh, i'd been doing comedy for a year at that point and i decided that comedy was what i wanted to do uh, so i dropped out and i went and studied uh, performance uh, acting and uh, and things like that at the university, at the city of glasgow college
0: mm-hmm. Please, wait you studied economics? what was
1: it uh, performance
0: performance wait so you, you like studied this yes god damn for how long for three years so you, you didn't, you didn't finish your virology degree? No, did. I didn't. I didn't. Ah, so how long did that go? Or three like, years. Wait, the virology degree? Yeah. So you did that for three years? Yes. And then you left and then you did... Uh, yeah, I was one yeah, year, I was one year away from finishing. God damn, bro. I wish I had that balls. Yeah. I mean...
1: Respect, <laughs> for I mean, uh, Respect, bro. I mean I, I, at the time I was like, oh man, I'm really not going to get any jobs. I'm really, I'm really worried about what this is going to be like in the future and stuff like that. But you know, uh, I'm sitting across from yourself and you've got, you got university degree. I know lots of people who have university degrees, and uh, we're all just equally as poor. So, <laughs> you know, who's laughing next?
0: <laughs> oh god. Okay. This is. This is. This might turn into like a capitalism rant. I feel. I don't know. I just feel it. Like some somewhere down the road, this is gonna turn into that. I mean, dude, like, like, <laughs> you've hung out with me before, Nick. Me before. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's where it ends up um all right so what did you study by the way so i studied software engineering Mm -hmm. and now i'm studying i mean my last semester i'm doing a master's in economic data analysis okay but i remember like in my it was in a similar stage like i was in my second or third year of software Mm -hmm. and like i entered that really to like become like a video game developer yeah everyone does Uh, (laughs) and i I remember like when finding out like bro this ain't it like this is not where we're going with it's like I really wanted to quit so bad. But I was like, fuck me, I'm like three years into this shit. I'm all yeah. going to stop now. Oh, so that is, so kind of choke it to the end. It's literally like the, the thing called the sunk cost
1: fallacy. Yes. Where uh, if you think that you put so much time into something, you, you must finish it, you know? Um, but I mean, all, all of my friends that I still talk to from university who, who finished studying parasitology mm-hmm. and virology, one works in the field and mm-hmm. the rest all do like other jobs. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody really like went on to specialize yeah.
0: in it. Uh, like I would say what well, one of the big pluses for me is that I didn't hate the field it was like meh
1: I was, was the exact the, same and, yeah. and at the start of third year we went to do
0: kind of like a work experience thing mm.
1: and very quickly all what, of us all of us realized
0: yeah that. like what, what do you kind of do as a so biologist you, do you like stare at microbes no no no, no so, you,
1: like, so um, oh, most okay. of the you could work in a lab if you oh, okay. got a masters Mm-mm. but most of like what you would do with a bachelors degree is you would be like working in a hospital or someplace like that receiving samples, which mm. usually meant shit, and then <laughs> testing that shit to see what was wrong with the person who had taken the shit.
0: There, so you'd just be staring at shit all you'd day. be
1: literally staring at shit all day. And the like the the like I was not the only person who dropped out after this <laughs> after this realization <laughs> because I've been brought up on you know like, like like tales of like Dr. Livingston, I presume, you know, like trying to like try to like cure malaria yeah. or like fight yeah. Ebola and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And then it turns out I'm gonna be working at a hospital up the road from where I was born. Um, looking at the shit of people that I might well know I was like I think I think I'm good mate I think I'm I think i alright
0: just imagine you like going to one of your friends like bro what was up with that shit man yeah, yeah what? No. What? <laughs> are you are sick mate I don't know what it is but you have got it
1: <laughs> my god dude yeah I mean, it was nasty it was nasty oh, I mean hey, here you are so it's, it's all good right? yeah it worked out alright I'm not looking at shit you know what I mean it's, uh, <laughs> things can only go up from that point <laughs> onwards
0: Oh, indeed, indeed.
1: Um, all right. So, where did you
0: study performance again?
1: I studied performance both in Glasgow, at
0: University of Glasgow for um, mm-hmm. for
1: more scientific uh, background, and then City of Glasgow College, which was a
0: two year degree. And so, and so, I was mean, assuming that you started doing comedy while you were at university. Yes, yes,
1: I started doing comedy in university. Um, I, for my, for my, my sins in a past life, I was, uh, I was in a um, a metal band when I was like from the age of 16 to 19 and uh, I, I loved it, I still do love like rock music and just music in general um, but I w- I really liked performance, like I really mm. liked the act of being on stage and like being involved with the crowd and stuff like that and we did like for a small Scottish metal band we did okay, we had like a CD and t-shirt and stuff and um, and so we were, we were doing that and it got to the point where in between songs I would like. Be sort of like making jokes with the crowd and stuff like that because, like, it's a metal band, so they've got to fucking detune their guitars, you know, like. So it's like, so I would be sort of like joking around with people and stuff like that. And mm. then when the band eventually didn't work, uh, I went to uh, an open mic night one night. Not like a comedy open mic night, like mm, we, just like, and everything like, open like and everything. so we yeah, were yeah, doing yeah. fucking slam yeah. poetry yeah. and music and whatever and um, and it was the, 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 the conceit was that if you did a performance of some kind you would get a free beer and I was a student at the time so six songs in I, I was uh, I was playing a song or whatever and people in the audience were obviously getting pretty sick of me doing like acoustic versions of these metal songs that no one had ever heard of in their life and so this old Scottish guy who was in the bar uh, cause he, but, like, he just wandered in I don't think he was just so drunk that he didn't realise it was like a student bar mm. and he wandered in and he starts shouting at me in that sort of like typical drunk person way where it's like, rah, rah,
0: rah, rah, you don't really know what they're saying. Random,
1: yeah. and, uh, and so I like made fun of him. And, and you know, I've, I've told this story a couple of times on podcasts and things like that. But I, I, to this day, I cannot remember what it is I said. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I know I said something. Mm. And the first time, people started like turning around and like, oh, what something's happening, you know? Mm. And then he said something back and I said something back to him and he got like a chuckle. Mm-mm-mm. and then he said something again and I said something it's always the heckler story <laughs> yeah. and, so he did, and then he said a third thing and at that point I like took the gloves off and I just like ruined this guy's like, my, like oh I my god really dude really went ham on the old guy because at the time I was starting to lose my hair and he, he had he had what was quite <laughs> wait, wait wait
0: how old were you? I was 21 oh my god I lost, bro. I lost, I'm
1: sorry yeah, did, <laughs>
0: I didn't think it was that bad no
1: dude I lost, I, I lost the genetic lottery Do you know what I mean god. I, I, I rolled the dice and I. I, didn't I it was
0: possible I to keep It's a
1: lot better. My dad, my dad lost his hair when he was seventeen, so I got an extra four years out. Uh, seriously, um, but he was wearing what was obviously a toupee, right? Like, like very clearly not his hair, you know, and uh, and so I just went fucking ham on him because I knew how much it would bother me if someone did that to me, uh, and so oh I did God. I did that, and everybody just burst out laughing, and like it was. It was like, at that moment, I was like, ah, comedy's a thing I could do. Because I've been growing up around, like, comedy is a really big part of Scottish culture. Like, yes. We call it, like, banter. Irish people call it crack. <laughs> uh, but, like, okay. the ability to, like, be funny in conversation is really highly, yes. really prized, Especially for guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's part of the whole, and it was, at the time I was working in pubs and stuff like that, and you've got to be, like, yes. quick on your feet with comebacks and things yeah. like that yeah you're very and,
0: good with like crowd work and that kind
1: of stuff well thank you thank you man uh, like, it's because I, A I got bullied lots of experience I got, I got bullied a lot in school and then B when I started working at bars I got bullied a lot there by the customers as well so you got to be quick on your feet um, but so I had a friend called Lewis um, who was the events organiser for our university union and I said to him I was like I'm a comedian now because I didn't fucking know any better, you know. I was like, I'm a comedian now, so I just did. I just did uh, this open mic night, and I fucking crushed it. Put me on the, you, the show, and the because I didn't know about open mics, I didn't know about like the progression or how to work your way up or anything like that. So I just went to the only person I knew who organised comedy and was like, put me on. And I begged him for like two months, and he kept going like, no, dude, like no, like this is for like professional. Le- legit professional comedians. No, 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 no. But he was my friend also, so I, every time I saw him, I'd be like, "Lewis, Lewis," and so eventually, I like wore him down, um, and he was like, "Fine, I'm giving you five minutes, and I'm putting you on first, and if you fuck it up, you're never coming on again." And I was like, "Cool, right?" Okay. So I went up and I did it, and I imagine it was probably terrible, right? Like it was probably like, what well, when we see somebody at an open mic and they like they do like okay, but they're like you can see that there's like. They they over-explain some stuff or they they go into too much detail about unimportant things. It was like all fat, no beef, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it got laughs. Mm -hmm. And so I walked off stage feeling like 10 feet tall. I was like, I'm the fucking (laughs) greatest comedian that's ever lived. Look at this, like first gig crushing it. And a comedian who I uh, became sort of good friends with afterwards uh, came up to me and was like, what's your name? I was like, Grant. He was like, where have you done open mics? And I literally said to him, what's an open mic? And he was like, Come with me. We're gonna go have a beer, and I'm gonna tell you what it is you need to do to like uh, uh, get into comedy. And that was that was it. And I haven't looked back since. Wow,
0: uh, that was a, that was a strong that's a strong start as far as like comedy starts go. <laughs> I mean, let right? okay. be quite frank. Dude. I, I that,
1: that makes it sound like I crushed the shit out of that first gig. I did not. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I, I, still- I thought I crushed the shit out of it. And the second gig, I did what a lot of open micers do, which is go. All right, I've done that stuff. It, Next, one. it works. Now I'm going to write something else. And because I was like a 19 year old, 20 year old kid, I had nothing relatable. I was like, Oh, isn't it? Doesn't it suck when you live with your university flatmates? And I went on an old man pub where an open, open mic was, and I tried this new I'm Five done. Minutes, like, word for word. and I <laughs> fucking bombed. Like I bombed so hard. Uh, so like you know, it's a fucking learning experience
0: tailor shit to the audience right yeah, yeah yeah there's no point going up
1: an old man pub and being like so blowjobs am I right they're like the last time I had a blowjob German bombers were flying overhead fuck
0: oh off God. dude what are you talking about <laughs> oh, okay yeah 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 so you so on the journey so you finished that and then so let's say for the next couple of years you were like climbing up the comedy racks within within Scotland right
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of
0: was. Um, It's a little bit different from
1: here because in the UK, the comedy scene there is so saturated. Like, there's so many comedians. So I'll tell people. I'll tell people here. I was an open spot in Glasgow for like two or three years. Like, uh, because Mm -hmm. you'd have to get in touch with places to do an open spot type, what we consider an open mic, like months in advance. You know, like 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 two months in advance. You have to be like, hey, can I get can I get a spot in March? And you'd have to do that with as many open mics as you could and maybe if you were lucky you would get two gigs in a week doing five minute spots and you could go through to edinburgh and do the same and after a while people start to know you they start to recognize your face you start to get better and then they start going oh this guy's not bad actually and then people would say oh we need a we need a good opener and You'd be like, okay I'll, I'll do that uh, and then you get you, you work your way up from the open spots to the mid spots to so eventually you're doing the headline spots so i mean it, it took a long time here in prague because the comedy scene is a little smaller and because there's a real sense of progression whereas if you if you turn up to the open mics and you do the work yeah you'll get gigs you know whereas in in Scotland you can turn up to as many open mics as you like and do as much work as you like but if you don't do it regularly and get noticed you're you're not going anywhere
0: yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I've heard quite similar stories from people from the US, like the competition. The US is like the UK on steroids, though. Yeah, like, yeah. It is, I went to an open mic
1: uh, when I was in San Diego. Um, and uh, like, just because it was actually my girlfriend's idea. She was like, we're in, we're in America. Why don't you sign up for an open mic? Because I hadn't bothered. It was there to visit her family. I didn't want to, like, you know, do, do the comedy thing. Do the comedy thing. Oh. Uh, but she was like, we're going to San Diego for a couple of days because she wanted to get away from her family. <laughs> uh, such a such family life and she was like so why don't we go to a comedy, a comedy show so I messaged this guy who was running an open mic and I said uh, I'd love to come into the open mic and I was like I've got this experience and I've done this I've done this and he was like did you sign up and I said no I didn't know there was a sign up I'm like, I'm, I'm not from here um, and he went okay well you missed the sign up the sign up was yesterday and he was like but you can come to the venue come to the comedy club and put your name on the list and we'll just we'll put you on and I said okay great and so I went down to the comedy club and a, the comedy show started at seven pm, and there was like a, a clipboard on the wall that had the list of names, and it was a long list of names. And I went up and I wrote my name at the bottom. And then like one of the other like comedians who was there, American comedian, like tapped me on the shoulder and was like, "No, no, no, dude, like lift up the sheet." And so I lifted up the sheet, and there was another sheet full of oh names my underneath, my God. and I had to put my name at the bottom of that one. At the end, there was sixty-seven. 67 like comedians one night yeah everybody had three minutes three minutes
0: wait like just do the best for a second how much
1: like well, what so i think times three That's so like we were staying we were staying football game yeah we stayed there for a lot it was a long time people were coming and going because it was like they sold it's american comedy club so they sell food and stuff like that as well so oh. people, people were coming in they were sitting down they were eating they were like heckling or whatever And you enjoying the show and then they would get up and leave and some more people would come and sit down which was kind of good because it meant the audience was rotating, but it also meant you couldn't do callbacks or anything to anything that Ooh. happened previously. Luckily, I spoke, because you know, you know, like I was just talking to the guy behind the bar because that's just what I do. And it turned out that he was the owner manager of the of the venue. Mm-hmm. And he recognized my accent. He was like, where are you from? I said, Scotland. And he went, oh my God. And he was like, do you know this guy, this guy, this guy, Her American comedians working in Scotland. the UK, particularly in Scotland and I, I knew one of them so I was
0: like yeah I know him
1: and he was like oh my god I can't believe it so we were chatting for a bit and he was like wait are you here to get on the show and I was like yeah and he was like wait did you sign up and I was like no 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 I'm 67th. and he was like no no no, no, no. so he went away and like spoke to the, the, the host mm. and so I got bumped up to 20th nice. which, was, which was nice um, w- w- because we had dinner reservations and so we, we were there at 7 I went on at 9.30 we left at 10, 10. 15. You were 20th? Yeah, you did. Like, like when did. Bro, when does it end? Like at 1am? We went away for dinner. Uh-huh. We had dinner. And then we walked back. Like, not to go to the comedy club. We just walked past it to go somewhere else. And the gig was still happening. Bro. And that was an open mic. Minute. Three minutes each. All night. For no money. Oh my god. <laughs> But I mean, that's what I mean. You got put You got. You got to do these things to get the. You've got to work your way up. It's 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 imperative. Like, good gigs, bad gigs, tech, like shitty gigs, amazing gigs. You've got to do the gigs. Got to do the work. Yeah. yeah.
0: God damn. Yeah, I feel very spoiled over here. Right <laughs> it's like, god damn, bro. We just we just like rock up at like two open mics. and It's like, hey, Christina, can I? do yeah. the right. <laughs> i, mean, I mean, like,
1: like, literally, like that's one of the things that several people have said about the comedy scene here, and one of the things. That that i really liked about it when i first came here mm. was the fact that it like they hadn't evolved into cliques yet there wasn't like the you know this group and that group and that sort of thing and it was kind of open people were generally nice you know people would ask for advice or things like that you'd give them advice and uh, and help them out and stuff like that and uh, which which is not kind of the case back home i was very lucky that at my first gig there was a, a guy there uh, who came over to me and was like do you want some advice and i was smart enough to be like yeah do you know? Mm-hmm. Give but,
0: you some mentoring. Yeah. yeah. But most of the time that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like just fighting tooth and nail yes. to survive. Just kind and of. Like it's just, yeah. Damn, Yeah. Uh, so I guess we've already jumped into the proxy. And so like how did first, how did you like leave the UK? Like <laughs> how,
1: let's, let's start there. Okay. So um, I had done a couple of Edinburgh fringes where I did like a three-man show and then a two-man show and then, and then eventually I did my solo show. And my first solo show was called Nothing Compares to Use and um, it was a show all about like uh, relationships and love basically mm. and uh, I was on a venue called the Beehive Inn at uh, 10 o'clock at night and it was an hour of just me and it was my first ever solo hour and I was fucking super nervous but I like to say to people that like before doing that I was a person trying to stand up and after doing that I was a stand-up comedian because for those of you who don't know what the Edinburgh Fringe is, it is the world's largest and longest-running arts festival. The city of Edinburgh, during the month of August, becomes like the performance capital of the world. There is stand-up comedy, there is theatre, there is poetry, there is slam, uh, slam like open mics. There is like like improv. There's everything you can think of if it can be done on the stage, cabaret, musicians. It's there and it runs for the entire month. During that month, the population of Edinburgh doubles. Like it is- So
0: it's in, like proper international, it's well, in, like just a bunch of people from the from No, the it south, is just
1: like everywhere. everywhere. Like comedians, comedians from America, comedians from Australia, comedians from Canada, mm. like all of, all of the oh, like world's best comedians and like the middling comedians and the new starts will all go there because it is a place to get noticed or recognized or just get the experience of doing Sh- your show every day but also you do about 10 other shows because you, you go to like a place where they, they do like a, a, a showcase mm. and they're doing like everyone gets five minutes or something so you go up and you do five minutes and you go if you like my stuff come and see me tonight at whatever the uh, venue is yeah, yeah, and you hand out flyers and stuff like that and it's fucking madness the most shows I've ever done in one day at the end of a friend was 16 but it's 16, it shows. 16
0: shows in one day first first, first
1: show oh. was uh, called uh, Brunch and laughs, and it was at ten o'clock
0: in the morning. In the morning, Bro, who's watching these shows?
1: So because, dude, I mean, like, because there are there are old people there, and they're going mm-hmm. for like coffee and biscuits
0: and stuff oh, like that. And they're just enjoying and it, yeah. Like I said,
1: if if you are a venue, if you're a cafe, if you are a fucking like uh, a works work co working space, are people
0: just like laughing all the time? Yeah, basically. I mean, dude, if, basically, if it's if it's event, if it's event, like I love my comedy, but like. Fuck off 10 a.m. in the morning? Yeah, well, go. Away. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a terrible idea. The game did not go well. Uh, but, you know. Okay. But you do, but you just, but you you do it. But you do it just uh, you have to get yeah, the word around. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and
1: and to be fair, two old people who were at that game, came I mean, over. they must have had a fucking nap in the middle of the day because my, <laughs> my show was literally 12 hours later. But mm. they came to the game. Um, but so it is uh, it is madness. It is absolute madness. Mm. But it's brilliant. Yeah, and, like um, something
0: that scale. Oh, yeah yeah i mean like, like i said the, the yeah. population
1: of edinburgh literally doubles like uh just because of the amount of performers who flock in and there's shows happening every hour every half hour all day every day for a month it's nuts uh, right up until like 3 a.m the last shows are at 3 a.m uh, and yeah. we have like the lane lives and the like the like, roast sh- roast battle and things like that um, good stuff yeah so i, would, I was doing that and there was a guy uh, who was, his show was uh, up the stairs, I was in the big room, he was in the wee room, and there was a guy who used to choose was up the stairs, and it was kind of like a compilation show called The Good, The Bad, and The Irish, and it was supposed to be focused on Irish comedians, because there was fucking hundreds of them also, yeah. um, doing like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or whatever, and it was hosted by this guy called Michael. Um, yeah, okay, I was going to, I probably should have changed his name, but his name is Michael. Um, and... And so, because I was on, uh, uh, before him, I would, like, go up to the sh- see the show afterwards, and we got to talking, and then eventually he would say to me, well, why don't you jump on and stuff? And so I started closing the show, because I'd finish my show downstairs, go upstairs, close his show, and then we'd get drunk together. It was back when I was drinking. Good days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so he said to me, after the Fringe, he was like, I'm taking the good, the bad, and the Irish on the road. Do you want to come with me? And uh-huh. we were like, our, That's how it our opening act, and I said fuck yeah right uh, because I genuinely thought he meant like the UK we're going around the UK and Ireland what he meant was that we're going to Germany Austria Slovakia Slovenia the Czech Republic Poland uh, and there's always one I forget Slovakia <laughs> I always the I one fucking me. next door I right. <laughs> Slo- Slovakia anyway so it was it was like a tour mostly of Irish pubs. it was yeah. mostly a tour of Irish pubs that had like stages in them or whatever and we'd do a coffee night there and the entire thing was a fucking disaster, uh, like from the, from the get go. <laughs> Michael is many things, but organised he is not, right? Uh, and so one of the comedians uh, like got to the airport and found out that his passport ran out. in Whoa, like, my God. Like, like in six months, or like less than six months, uh, okay. and you're not allowed to travel. Leave, yes. If your passport is gone, can't six travel months. anywhere if yes. <laughs> your passport
0: is about to expire. Yes,
1: <laughs> so he couldn't come right uh, and so then it was then it was michael and another irish comedian and then me and then we did the tour and then halfway through the tour the other irish comedian fell out with michael like they had like an argument they, they had a falling out and so he flew back home and so by the end of the tour it was me and michael <laughs> right the show is called The Doom, The, Bad, the, and irish. the irish. like that makes you think there's going to be at least three irish comedians <laughs> and what you had was a scottish comedian and a fucking lunatic like it was it uh, was it was yeah. a disaster i didn't make, I, we made some good money and it was my first experience of like being on the road to touring mm-hmm. which was which was really really important but the important part the, the, the best part of it was i arrived in prague yes and to carry on with the theme of things going disastrously wrong <laughs> we had booked a venue uh well, my good friend christina, our good friend christina
0: I booked mm-hmm. a venue called Duplex, which is in the center of the city. Wait, yes. you guys were in Duplex? Yes, we were, well, the comedy we, there were, we, were, we were supposed to. <laughs> okay, good, good. carry on. Because, as
1: I said, everything this tour touched turned <laughs> to, like, literal shit. If I'd been a microbiologist, I would have been looking at this tour. <laughs> Just carrying on a, the
0: tradition. <laughs> down
1: a microscope. So we get to there, and we get there, and Christina says to us, I've got good news and bad news. I said, what's, what's the good news? She said, the, t- the, the show was sold out. I said, well, that's great said, What's the bad news? She said, The bad news is that we can't do the show with Duplex because the pipes there burst and the entire place is flooded.
0: Oh, I think I remember you telling the story, but like, what a fucking unlucky ass. Yeah. <laughs> so she moved the venue to the check in, and so oh, we did the yeah, show yeah. with the check in instead. Well, this is the first, this isn't the first time you guys didn't check in, right? Or oh, this is the first time
1: I ever did the check in. Mm-hmm. So it was not the first time that Christina did comedy at mm-hmm. the check in, um, but it was my first time ever there and because it was like a sold out show and because everybody moved to the check-in, the check-in is not a big venue, Duplex is a big venue, so yeah, the, place was, the place was packed. fucking packed, yeah, can imagine. and it was phenomenal, like yeah. it was really, really, really good, Um, and then I ended up, because I at that point I was just, just working as a comedian, and uh, we, did, we I didn't know how long the tour was going to go, I was not very well organized. I didn't know when to <laughs> but also, I it wasn't thought to myself,
0: just, uh, your organizer. <laughs> yeah, I thought to myself,
1: like, when the fin- when the thing finishes, what I'll do is I'll probably have a little, hopefully I'll have a little bit of money, which I did, and I was like, so I'll spend a couple of days in Prague because that's our last stop. I've never been to Prague. I've heard it's great, Um so I ended up staying here a couple of days because I was like new in town. People were like, oh, we're having a show here. We're having a show here. Somebody else was like, we're having a show in Brno in Olemans, which are these other cities in the Czech Republic. Then they were like, well, we're doing a show in Bratislava. Would you like to come there? And then somebody was like, well, we're doing a show in Krakow. Would you like to come there? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I stayed for like an extra two weeks. I did these shows. And by this point, it was just me. Hmm. And at at that time, Brexit was happening. And I'm not a big fan uh, of Brexit, just as a a rule. Um, And I thought, why don't I fucking move here? I'll move here. Christina was saying to me, like, dude, we'd, like, we'd love to have you here. We could get, like, push, really push comedy here. And, you know, take like what she had. To, you know Christina dude, She's got plans, plans, plans. And uh, and so I was like, well, fuck yeah. And I thought, I honestly thought I would move here for two years. Mm-hmm. And then when Brexit happened, I would move back home. And that would be, I would have a, a fun experience of being in Prague.
0: Uh But then I met a girl. And the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> All right, all right. That's good, that's good, that's good to hear, bro. Uh, and so you've been in Prague five, six years? Three
1: years, three years.
0: Wait, so you came in 20, when, when? I came in
1: 2018. 20, oh, so four, 18, four years, actually. Four, four years. years, yeah, by now, that, 2018. It's
0: good, that's good.
1: I can't believe, dude, the time is a flat circle and it just keeps, it keeps, <laughs> it keeps, it
0: keeps pushing on. It's like, yeah, it's 2022 already. Jesus Christ. Um, did, did you start your podcast during this time? Like, where are you in Prague? I started
1: my podcast in Prague. Because because by that, because basically have the whole idea of my podcast, which is called Making Europe Grants Again, and uh, please download it it's and listen to it. It's probably better than this podcast. Yeah. No, hey, no, no. Right. You can podcast. <laughs> all podcasts are as good as each other. Uh, <laughs> by, 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 which, by which I mean, the, like, how many, how, many people, how many people do you have listening to your podcast? 15. 15? Dude, that's good. 15. Oh, 15? That's still good. Yeah. Dude, I've been doing my podcast for fucking three years and uh, we just broke 10,000 downloads uh, we're, we're mm-hmm. at the point Coleton. we're at the yeah. yeah 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 oh yeah Not, <laughs> I wish pair episode <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Um, but like there's there's yeah. hundreds of podcasts. there's, that's out there. there's hundreds of podcasters out there so I was just listening to a podcast on the way here the, it's called uh, Last Podcast on the Left Three mm-hmm. Comedians mm-hmm. Discussing yeah. uh, True Crime and they they did <laughs> yep. they did uh, this was before the true crime boom but they did oh, that podcast God. for six years when it was just then and like Maybe they have a few friends listening in New York, and that was it. And they put some work into that show. And then when the troop, when the true crime boom, boom happened, they were there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was there to capitalize on. yeah. And it was and so and now they're massive. But like for, they said, for six years it was just a labor of love because they just wanted to do it. And that's what my podcast is. I really wanted to try and show off. We've got such a wealth of talent here in the European comedy scene yes. that doesn't have much of a chance of getting seen elsewhere. And so I thought, why don't we get them on a podcast, and we can. At the time, I was like, we can talk about things that are happening in Europe or, or, or wherever, because that's that's an interesting way to get people to listen to these mm. like funny people, you know. Uh, so that's how the whole idea came to me. And then the, I've got my good friends uh, Katie, uh, uh, Katie Anderson, and Phil mm-hmm. McGillicue. Uh, Katie does our news anchor, and Phil does mm-hmm. the music. And then we have mm-hmm. guests on the show, and they come on and they pick a topic from the news which is sometimes serious, sometimes ridiculous, and then we all just make jokes about it, and it's it's a, it's a great laugh.
0: Yeah, I I've watched some episodes, it's a great laugh. Uh, I was about to say, because you, you mentioned it's, it's to show, but I guess that's how it uh, I mean, my question was basically going to be, like, um, like, why are you talking about politics if you just want to show the comedians? But I guess, like, if you want to draw, you know, people who aren't just there for, for comedy, you want to talk about something else. Exactly, right? I and
1: mean, I, also just because I, I just happen to be
0: a massive political
1: geek. Like, I'm, I'm really, yeah. really interested in it. Um, but also, it started off like the first episode when you listen to it is is like very political because that was like that was what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, but we, as we as we've done the show and it's sort of like progressed, yeah. mm. we figured out that like it's, it's not always good. it's not good to just do like politics stuff all the time because you know things there can be kind of depressing and it's kind of difficult. it yeah. <laughs> So more recent episodes, we've had quite a run of maybe like the last ten episodes. I think be, like I think we have really. Head our straight. Mm. We we got a new podcast studio. Uh instead of like being like all sat on a sofa in a venue, we're just like around a table with microphones. And it makes the the setting and the feeling much easier, it's much quicker to come back and forward with. And um because we, we were like we were like yourself, man, we were learning on the fly. i have never done a podcast before, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Um and like so we've had like people bring on funny stories uh like we had a great uh, an Irish Irish comedian here called Terry Norman and oh, that's my That's my phone. Sorry, dude. I that apologize. We had a we had an Irish comedian called Terry Norman uh, come on, yeah. and he was doing a, a hilarious story about some Irish boys. Who, yeah, Terry's insane. <laughs> yeah, he's nuts. He's nuts. But but the fun nuts. Yeah. Uh, he brought uh, he he brought a story on about two Irish boys who like had a corpse. Somebody died. Mm. And they like, sh- like put the corpse between them, and took them to the benefits office to try and like claim their benefits, like the weekend at Bert needs him to try and try and get it, and uh, and of course it didn't fucking work. But <laughs> the, the story itself is hilarious. So I, think, I was
0: holding my breath. Like, did they did, did I do it? No, no, <laughs> no. So I think I
1: think that was episode forty-one. So if you go and listen to episode forty-one, it's called okay. episode is called Alan's Lost Corpse, <laughs> and uh, it's it's really really funny.
0: Okay, that that one I have. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds a lot more chill because, uh, as you mentioned, like the whole thing about politics being depressing. It's like uh, I'm someone who's also a bit of a politics nerd. Maybe my focus is more on, like on a different region, uh, it's more where I'm from and how things are going over there. But it's, well, uh, I've heard right. Yeah, I've, well, I mean, if only, I can I've, be, only, I've only just looked at the first page of the news, <laughs> but it seems like everything in the Middle East is peachy keen. What <laughs> these days bro like? We're not being invaded <laughs> no, like, no, come no, on, bro. The days. The Saudis are the ones doing the invading. <laughs> yeah, but we're not talking about the old ones, we're talking about the new ones
1: right
0: no, no, now. No, no, I'm talking I'm about Yemen, yeah, that's happening right now. <laughs> it's, it's happening right now, yeah. Um, you have to cut that one out, right? <laughs> it's going <up. laughs> Yeah, I'm being censored. I'm being censored on censored the back yes, of the Traveler podcast. No, no, it's all good, bro. Um, I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> too late. No, um, no. W- what was I about to say? So, the yeah, only thing I saw, Mohammed, he was sucking all these dicks, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> bro, my family is- <laughs> oh name. No, 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 I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is this, is this payback for the beginning. No, <laughs> no, no. no I'm, I'm <laughs> <not gonna be laughs> fun. Um. No, but like as I was saying, yeah, you know, like the whole thing, the, the whole idea about like it being like politics being depressing. Like I think it's it's it is quite a. It's not easy to make politics fun. No. And like people who can do that consistently. Yeah. People will get their news from them. It's yeah. like that's what late night has proven. And that's what like, late night has become, basically, isn't it? Yeah, like. It's yeah. like People People get their views from there and their opinions. There's a there's a
1: podcast from the UK uh, called The Bugle, which I listen to a lot, which is which is like really excellent satire. Mm. Like I like to think that our podcast is like satire adjacent, (laughs) but theirs is like proper satire. You know, Mm. like
0: professional satire.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and like they really do. And I listen to them like religiously every week. You know, um. But when I started, I was like, I want to do politics because I didn't really know that much about like European politics myself, mm. um, and because of the Brexit thing was happening, I was like, this would be a really interesting angle to, like, to come into that, but because the UK politics at the time was fucking a, desa- a shit show, mm. like, we ended up talking about Brexit more than we ended up talking about anything over here, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. How's Brexit going? It's going great, man.
1: No notes. No notes. Uh, Everything's working swimmingly. We, we have all the food we need and all the workers we need, and... Uh, but, but,
0: like... Oh, well, seriously, like, oh, to my understanding, everyone who's moved out by now is in the green, right? Like, if you're from the UK and you like have some residency in the EU, you're good. Like, you don't yeah. have to go back. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I got what's called a, an
1: EU relationship visa, uh, my, my girlfriend and I. My girlfriend is American, um, which is not her fault. <laughs> uh, no one's perfect. But uh, she... So we, we met here, and um, we... Found out from a friend of ours who was who was uh, in uh, a gay couple who were trying to get married, uh, and they they had some difficulty because in the Czech Republic, uh, gay marriage isn't yet recognised. Mm. It's like you can get a civil partnership, but you can't get married, kind of thing. Uh, so they were in the same sort of situation as the UK was like ten years ago, okay. and um, and so they said to us, they were like, "There's a way." Because I was I was like looking, I was like, "I'm going to have to get like a residency or something like this." And they were like, no, no, you can get an EU relationship visa. And the way it works is, because my girlfriend is American, Mm. technically, I got the visa because at the time I was still an EU citizen. Brexit hadn't happened yet, which covered her because she's an American. Uh, But because my name is also on the visa, it also covers me. So then when Brexit happened, my EU partnership visa is still valid. So I can stay here until at least 2024 with this relationship visa, and then you can get it extended for another five years. So technically.
0: As long as you guys are having a relationship here. it's something. Yeah, exactly. Like, basically. God damn.
1: And not just here, in any EU country. Any it's EU a, country. It's, it's, we didn't go through the Czech authorities, we went through the EU authorities.
0: Mm. Wait, so if you could just get married to like, or have a relationship with just anyone here, you can stay here. Yeah, yeah. How There is, there is, there is
1: a, there is a, there is a the Czech government have a specific one, uh, which is a Czech relationship visa. If you were, so say, if you started dating a Czech man, oh no, I'm kidding. If you
0: started dating a, a Czech woman, um, you could get a, a relationship visa with that Czech woman mm. from the Czech. Yeah, that one makes sense, but like the idea of like you can you can gain a relationship with someone who's like not even from here. And that make you he stay here it's because is because they're part of the EU. I mean, the US is... Ah, uh, but because you were... Because you were, UK was, one, was still... Ah, oh, okay, I see. I see. I was part of the EU. Once. Once upon a time. We, we, we literally... We
1: found out about this. Um, God damn, it's like last second. Dude, was, We found out about <laughs> it in October. Okay. Uh, and Brexit happened on the 1st of December. We found out about it in October. Wow. So we had to like...
0: Had like apply for... Yeah, like less than two months. We had less than two
1: months. And like... The Czech Republic is great in many ways, but it's bureaucracy. is not great. And so Still, we had to, we had to like, get all these old photographs and like, they asked for like the weirdest stuff. They were like, well, it says here that you went on a holiday together to like, uh, I don't know, Poland in like fucking 2019. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, we did. And they were like, show us the plane tickets. Like we had to like prove that our relationship was real, you know? Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah like, they like,
1: asked. like scamming them. That's how it is. Um, but, and so we got it like four days before the, the Brexit half wow. but four days.
0: God damn. Well, glad you guys made it. You guys. Yeah, it me too. Right there. <laughs> Otherwise this podcast would be pretty dull if it's just you talking to no one. <laughs> indeed. Indeed, the COVID team <laughs> would also be pretty dull. Um all right, so you got here, you're stable, you're consistent. I wouldn't you're say stable. stable. <laughs> <laughs> mentally bro, mentally bro. <laughs> I can do it. you're physically here for a few physically you're, here. You're, you're, you, 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 they, the authorities won't kick you out for a good few years, At yes. least that's that, that's stable enough. Um, but like, so you were working as you're, you're working as a teacher for a while, right?
1: Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. When I first got here, because um, I, I had to get. uh did you ever know you have to prove that you're working? You can't just come here and not work. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got a job as an English teacher, uh, which I was and am hilariously underqualified for. I've never taught English in my life um and so very quickly i sort of stopped doing that i worked in a preschool for a little while which is much easier because little kids when you just pick them up and throw them it's fine um, and <laughs> and then i and then i, I taught uh, drama like i taught acting ah. um, and then i did a little bit of voice work did this and the next thing and uh, just whatever sort of odd jobs i could find and then r- recently i got the the job with visual politics and th- so now i still teach drama on wednesdays um, where, where
0: do you teach I
1: just, it's just, it's like a container just outside of prague uh, and it's it's kind of like a, a sort of wealthy suburb, and uh, I teach the.
0: So it's just like a random class, not like a university or something. No
1: no no, 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 I'm not a university teacher. It's just it's like a it's for I've got a class which is for like primary school age children where we just we, we're just playing games and things like that to like get their imagination going. Okay. okay. Then we've got a class for uh, like teenagers, where it's like you know like younger teenagers, maybe like ten to fifteen, where they're interested in like. The ideas of performing and like how that works and stuff like that and then i've got a class for the older age teenagers from like like basically high school to university where we look like more at like the theory of
0: acting and what it means to be like a a performer and all this sort of stuff that's good damn so you're doing you're doing like comedy and teaching and okay so so i guess we can end with at least career-wise in the in the, the 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 recent YouTube uh, acquisition uh, position. Okay. Uh, cool. Yes. Yeah, so. so like so uh, well, I guess let me introduce mm-hmm. what visual politics is. <laughs> so what the, the channel that I used to watch, um, it was basically about like politics. Like it was this Czech guy um, with a yeah. very British accent. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's British. No, he's British. British. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. not Czech at all. No, he's British. Okay. He's why like, is he he's, here? He's, then? He's, I mean, why, are no, him? why is anyone here? <laughs> Brexit. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have you, got, got very anti-immigrants and everyone yourself out. No, no. You're no, like, I'm just... like I'm pulling up the drawbridge for those they're <laughs> coming Yeah, no, I genuinely thought <laughs> it. That's, that's about one of fun. my favorite
1: things about Czech people is that like this happens more often than I'm comfortable with. But they always ask me, "Why are you? Here? Why are you?" Here? <laughs> and I, I know what they mean is like, "What are you doing here?" Like you know, like what are you doing? Yeah.
0: But they they say it as. Why are you here? Why and it you? makes it sound like, what the fuck are you doing mm. here? You know? No, I mean, I'd be interested to get <laughs> to, to, to see what his story was, but like. Um, but Simon's got
1: like a bunch of YouTube channels. Oh, so uh-huh, so okay, okay, yeah, makes it makes sense. And I think over here it's just it's a, cheap, a, a cheaper, standard, cheaper mm. cost of living, and if you're making good money, you can you can live pretty well. You here. can live
0: pretty well, yeah. That's that's a very common reason for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, how do you how you get into that? Like, what well, what's the story?
1: So, it was actually a good friend of mine uh, who's a burlesque performer called Zoe um, and she uh, knew of the guys who ran Visual Politic. And um, Simon, like I said, the guy, the previous host, he had like five other YouTube channels that he was doing, which were like his YouTube channels. He was just like, a presenter of Visual Politic because it's actually run by uh, a couple of guys, including my friend Fonseca, who uh, hosts the Spanish channel. So,. Mm, so they, they were looking for a replacement post because Simon wanted to leave and concentrate on his own things. And um, basically they, she was talking to Fonseca about it and she says, I know this guy called Grant. He's really into politics and we think you would really like him. Um, so I went to do the audition and uh, I did it like, just sort of read it, the script as they gave it to me. But then I said to them, I was like, this feels a little bit sort of, stale like not stale Like mm. i wasn't criticizing the writing but like i didn't like was just yeah <laughs> i didn't like just like reading it as was and i was like would you mind if i just throw in a couple of jokes i was like you don't have to use it i'll, I'll do this the straight one and then i'll do the, the one where there's just a few just a smattering of jokes you know and i was like i won't detract from the thing i won't make make fun of anything that's like you know egregious or anything i was like but let me just let me just do something up yeah let me again. just do something because i think it, like it, i think it'll be more interesting and you know luckily it worked like if the 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 audience seemed to really like it Fonseca and his partners really liked it Um I think they still wanted to have like a serious ish side <laughs> so there's now two of us there's me and another guy called Josh Ooh. we both host the, the, the-, the English channel okay. and uh, it's a lot of fun and uh, I have like sort of i they never they say never read below the line but I always read the top like 10 comments uh, because it always gives me ideas for the next jokes you know like mm-hmm. so at first people were making fun of me because they, they, there was a hashtag bring back simon you know when people were like simon's gone and so then i referenced that and i kept making jokes about like what what we had done to simon you <laughs> know, like 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 where he was and, things like that and all this sort of stuff and then like and so then people were like okay this grand guy's kind of funny like he's going along with the jokes and so then there was like jokes about there was people joked about my teeth because i've got very british teeth uh, yes. uh, and so, and <laughs> then I would make jokes about that, and uh, you know th- this type of thing. And so, the fact that like there's a, a sort of engagement there with the audience, mm. it develops. That was,
0: that was not there before, yeah, yeah. Well, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And cool.
1: uh, and so it's been a lot of fun. And uh, the, the if you if you're interested at all in politics and sort of like looking behind what's going on, I really recommend that you check out Visual Politics. I feel uh, like guilty now because I feel like and tell them that I sent you. you know, yeah. Say, say like this
0: great guy, he's funny.
1: Hashtag Bring Back Simon.
0: Because I actually think I'm like one of those people who probably like saw a thumbnail with someone who wasn't Simon and just like wait no the thumbnails don't have don't have the person off of no name. no no so I'm like I probably holy shit now I feel terrible because I probably like watched you and I was like wait this isn't Simon and this is I think this was before because this is a while ago right when yeah. did you start yeah yeah like, before I made like two, <laughs> uh, two Two, three, two years ago guys <laughs> yeah I think I actually like I probably just saw you and I was like wait this isn't Simon holy shit <laughs> This is a different bald guy. I'm fucking out here, man. This is bullshit. Oh, my God, dude. That's insane. Well, it's good. Well, uh, now I'll, I'll be, be back. It's good. good. Uh, I promise I'll be back. It's good, it's good to come on the,
1: on the podcast, Mohammed. Let's, let's, let's recap what's happened so far. First of all, uh, I come on the podcast to and you insult me. Like, straight
0: away. Straight away. Bro, to be honest, then it was, I, it was about about the price. The <laughs> the like, it was... Most, it, was most, it, was most, it was the most backhanded government. He's the biggest. He's the biggest comedian in
1: this tiny scene. He's the biggest fish in this dried-up pond we have. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you were like, then you were like, halfway through, you did such excellent research on me that you were like, holy shit, you host visual quality. <laughs> uh, and now, at the end, you just confirmed that the reason you stopped watching is because you saw <laughs> me on there,
0: <laughs> and decided I'm, I'm not doing this so thank you man. it's been quite something to come I think podcast. what we've learned is that I'm a very shallow person <laughs> <laughs> I am not saying you're a very I'm just saying maybe not the best podcaster <laughs> hey, if I already if I already, knew, if I already knew everything about you I wouldn't have fun this is true that's I would true. like what did we actually like I've I've been meaning to also get like uh, oh, look, a lot of people from the comedy theater are like I kind of like talk to all of them so much that like, I kind of already know everything about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I Like I kind of haven't been able to like get a hold of you for like a long chat. So I was like, you no, know a podcast would be a good thing. So like one of the reasons this is happening is because I don't. Do that much. But like, hey. nice. You get to learn something. <laughs> but like, it is the, the plot. The, I was not expecting the plot twist in this podcast. <laughs> it's not planned, but it just happened. The M Night Shyamalan shit. Yeah. Like okay, this is. This is, this is Oh a my god. You're about. him? <laughs> <laughs> you oh were the god. you were the ghost all alone? <laughs> <laughs> you were the guy who killed somebody? What? <laughs> Why would you do this? Uh, it's good. Have you guys done <laughs> any episodes about like Saudi Arabia recently? Uh, we've done a lot of
1: episodes about Saudi Arabia. We done an episode uh, which was talking about how they're building a tech city, uh, mm. like a super super up city. It's Ni- Yeah, yeah, on the on the coast. Um, dude, Saudi Arabia is one of those countries that uh, is yeah, people are crazy interested in it because it's kind of crazy and uh, so we've done we've done a couple episodes about that and um, about stuff that's been happening there uh, we did about uh, one that was really interesting which is about what happens when the oil is gone or mm. what happens when the oil is not needed as much um, because it is like an entire country based upon petrodollars you know um, and so they're really at the moment trying to like diversify
0: yep. into like other fuels and things like that. But probably a decent job of diversifying like if you're keeping up with like yeah what the what the what they've been able to do with the economy and yeah like i mean for sure investments and it's yeah,
1: it is it is it is an, it is an, it's an interesting it's an interesting place and uh, and so we've got a lot of videos on that obviously at the moment i don't know when this is going to go up but at the moment we are doing a bunch of videos on the situation in ukraine uh, which people can find on there I
0: assume that that is currently the focus yeah yeah
1: very much so so we, we i think this week we've got I just did one about uh, the Russian war in Georgia and what that will teach people about what's going to happen to Ukraine.
0: Yeah. Uh, To be honest, like previously to the current war, it did feel like Russia was just sort of like doing a lot of military military stuff that people just kind of like didn't care about, like mm -hmm. the Crimea, Georgia, like all of that stuff. It was like, you know, like the last thing you would hear in the news cycle, like it was never the headline. It was very much like
1: appeasement. Like mm. it's, it's, I mean, uh, like we
0: only now. There's like, okay, we need to like this country is.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like there was there, like when they when they
0: went into Crimea, they
1: didn't declare war. They just like went in, and by the time anybody knew what was happening, it was done. You know, mm. and uh, there wasn't there wasn't any resistance from the people in Crimea really. I mean, there was some, but like not what like what we've seen from Ukraine, from Ukraine currently. Yeah, and there's an argument to be made that it's just like when the Second World War. If you just keep letting like somebody like Putin just keep taking little bites and little bites and little bites and then eventually they get to that point where they go oh well no one's going to stop me like what are they, they going to fucking do to a certain extent right like what what are we going to do nothing um, and so we're just going to sit back and watch as a European country gets massacred well I mean I think there's what, a right
0: now no, I mean I feel like there's a, there's definitely a lot of okay we should stop this guy now like mm-hmm. time. Like it's stronger than anything I've seen um probably like mm-hmm. in terms of like you know this is a serious we you know world war threat not like a joke meme mm-hmm. um that we must deal with then. well i mean so russia
1: russia is a military armed superpower and yeah. uh, and if, if if anything happens
0: uh, i like how one commentator from the u.s put it it's like uh, uh, middle east pr- playtime is over mm-hmm. we have like an actual threat mm-hmm. now mm-hmm.
1: um it's 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 bad man like a, I don't know if you saw about a Russian rocket went like awry and hit uh, a Turkish ship in the sea. and uh, I did not hear. Turkey is a member of NATO. Like, if that had killed anyone or uh, anything like that, according to maritime law, that is an act of war. Mm. And if Russia declares war on NATO, all of NATO gets involved, and then we're looking at World War Three. So. I mean, it's, it's been amazing. It's
0: like one or two steps away from that guy his current state, There was yeah. a, there was a
1: podcast I was listening to where the guy was talking about um, accidents, incidents, and fuck-ups. It's literally called IAF, uh, which is like the three most dangerous things when you're in a military conflict because it's, mm. those are the things that can accidentally escalate it to know? war yeah. um, but I mean dude it was it's, it really came home to me there's been an amazing outpouring of sympathy and support and things like that around, around all European countries which is a little racist sometimes because it's like oh look at these white <laughs> oh, look, look, at, <laughs> look at these white refugees aren't they lovely and I, I, I'm not like those other refugees but that, that aside, um I was on I was doing a, a show in Olomouc yesterday which is a city in the Czech Republic and we got on the train to come back to Prague, uh, uh, the last train, and the train was packed, like absolutely packed with other people. And I was like, oh, I didn't expect this. And but then the guy told us, he was like, no, 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 this, this, we were trying to get on. And he was like, no, 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 th- these carriages are for Ukrainians. There was Ukrainians on the train going oh, right. to Prague yeah. who were refugees. And they had their, they had the with them, which you assume contains their entire life. Like everything they own was in this bag. Uh, or everything that they know that they own. Anything that they can grab along with them. Yeah. Yeah? And we went on the train and we showed the woman our ticket and she was like, okay, cool. And she took us into a carriage that was full of people. I mean, like people sitting on the floor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was like these four young girls w- w- were in which turned out to be our seats. And the Czech woman, Czech conductor, in the most Czech thing I've ever seen in my entire life, said to these refugees, You need to get out of the seat. Like you need to get these boys their seat because you know you've got the free ticket because you're a refugee don't have the, the right to sit yeah. here so give them the seat and we're saying to her no 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 it's no, okay. like it's fine no. let the war refugees
0: yeah, have to, a seat it is like kind of her job like get them up. yeah but, yeah, like, but it, i understand she, your feeling of like yeah this we is not the time yeah i was like no no no
1: let them have the seat it's i honestly i don't care that much about sitting down and she was like the most check thing and she was like, no, well, no, but the seats are yours. We're like, yeah, we don't care. Let them have the fucking seats. So God, it, was, yeah. it was interesting. So hopefully, by the time this podcast goes out, people will be able to look at them. We've got videos going up about uh, the history of Vlad- Zelensky, the history of Vladimir Putin, like what Ukraine is going to be doing in the future, what the Russians are seeing, because Russians are, are getting entirely different news from us, um, which is part of the reason why this is working so well for them.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like probably like the most people who are kind of screwed over here are like the average Russian, well, obviously Ukrainians, but like other than them, like the like Russian, the average Russian citizen who like now can't like access their bank accounts, like mm-hmm. can't fucking use Apple Pay and mm-hmm. like can't, you know, go on their travels. Like it's crazy to think, I don't know, like the extent to, to which like being a part of the international communities, you know. Like, uh, like your everyday life
1: depends on that. Yeah, it's like well, there was a there was a couple of really famous economists in the late '80s and early '90s when the Berlin Wall fell, who declared the end of history, and they thought that um, once everybody's like I know, right, fucking ridiculous, but they thought once everyone's integrated into the the world economic system, going to war would be so disadvantageous because of these exact things that you're describing Mm -hmm. that no one would do it you know there was a really famous theory called the mcdonald's arches theory which was as soon as a country is free enough to have a mcdonald's in it then another country with a mcdonald's will attack that country because by the, that point that country is involved in the international economic system mm. which has obviously turned out to be fucking ridiculous but for the sort of post-communism, fall of communism period, like the
0: 1990s, era, 2000s. Is there, is there a McDonald's yeah. in Ukraine? Can we check? That? There is. There <laughs> okay, is well, it wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I mean, dude,
1: people, people overlook the little ones. Like, there were McDonald's in Serbia when, when the Serbian co- conflict happened. But,
0: uh, but... That was the Serbian's murder. But,
1: uh, I know, yeah, but we bombed, NATO bombed them and they had they had their dogs, but everyone yeah. went oh that one is okay civil wars don't care <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the theory still holds and he was like you no know, your theory yeah, yeah, your, theory, I know, I know.
0: your theory is dog shit <laughs> yeah yeah well, I mean it is like in terms of it is like, the cost of going to war is still insanely high mm-hmm. on like, like you know this wasn't the case when back in the day where like there wasn't such an international system and like countries were relatively more self-dependent especially on their basic goods but now like you cannot function in society without, you know, goods from China goods mm. and like internet from, you know, devices from, you know, microchips from Taiwan. And yeah, yeah. It, it is, it is every day. You cannot imagine your current life without. There was a Twitter thread I saw, on, uh,
1: which was translated from Russian over to English the other day, mm. and it was a Russian economist. And he said, I don't think people realize just how bad this is going to get, because the Russian yeah. central bank has enough rubles for maybe Maybe a month, maybe two, and already people are starting to lose jobs because the parts they need for like working in the factories they work in are coming in. The people who work in the financial industry have been cut off, so they can't do anything. People can't get paid. Like, it's going to be bad. And the worrying thing is, is that when things get bad enough, people in power will do will
0: extreme crazy shit it's to power, stay in yeah. power. So it's kind of nervous. Yeah never happened with the nuclear power Just because we to see what happens i know yeah it's gonna be interesting and on that exciting <laughs> and not at all depressing <laughs> yeah, note. note was there let me can, can i just back if i have it, on it? because i feel like there's like maybe one area that i would like um, oh yeah like oh sorry i, did, I just kind of want to talk about like your last tour like oh yes, yes, yes. Um, so this was a tour you were in Christina, you went mm-hmm. over Europe for two weeks. Yes, it? two weeks on the road. And so how was that like? Uh, w- which countries did you go to? Elsewhere?
1: We went to Poland, the Czech Republic, uh, Slovenia, Hungary, uh, Austria, the Netherlands, Switzerland. Switzerland. There we go. Thank you. So, <laughs> seven <laughs> countries. Good. And then we're going to take a couple months off, and then I think in just before the summer we're going to do Germany and maybe uh, Denmark and possibly Scandinavia. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Oh, damn. All right. So there's a part two coming I mean, up. Yeah, we hope so. We hope so. We're trying to organize it now. So. Okay. And so this was like was this like your first tour, like kind of solo or at least where you were like the main guy? Um, around Europe.
1: Hmm? Y- yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I've done. I've obviously done gigs in other cities and things yeah. like that, where I've been. I've been the main guy, as mm-hmm. you say. Um, but this is my first time doing it on, on the road where it was like a doubleheader show Christina and I yep. uh, and it was brilliant it was really really good fun we had a lot of fun in, in uh, different cities. Krakow was excellent, um, uh, Ljubljana and Slovenia was a lot of fun, uh, Eindhoven and the Netherlands was brilliant. Uh, so we had some really really good shows on the road um, and obviously Prague and Berlin were great too um, and it was really really good uh, just because it's Starting to become feasible for comedians in Europe to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a few at the top who are already doing it, like Dragos and people like that. Uh, And then there's a few others who are sort of getting to that point. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's been it was a lot of fun. It was a learning experience for sure. Mm -hmm. And but it was it was really worthwhile. And I I I'm glad that we managed to do it.
0: Happy were you guys, man? Thank Thank you. you. I'm hoping so one day you can have your Middle Eastern tour, and I can
1: introduce you. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's. That gulf was loud. There's, 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 there's gangs in Dubai, so you know. I, I, I Dubai, there's other countries in Dubai, like yeah, Dubai. I mean, I've only ever seen that there's a comedy. There is an actual comedy club in Dubai, which I I know.
0: true. Uh, so. Lebanon has quite a decent scene. Um, if you if you have heard about like Beirut, yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember, like one. I had I actually met one comedian who performed there one time. Okay. But, cool. Yeah. So that one day uh let's check so so yeah so just, just what? so i guess like one kind of final question is just like for any comedian who's like just kind of starting out right now uh, you know one of the people hanging out in like the Prague open mics like what what would be like your, your number one recommendation or like what would you what would you tell them right now
1: uh go and see as much comedy as you possibly can like go to all of the shows, turn up to the open mics, like do the work because part of the thing that makes you better at comedy is just the confidence that comes with being on stage Mm -hmm. and nothing is better than getting your creative juices flowing than seeing somebody who you really admire and being like, wow, that was brilliant or seeing somebody who you really admire and going, I can do better than that because generally that's the way well that's the way it works like that is mm-hmm. the way it works like when i was when i was in scotland for the longest time i was an open mic and then it got to the point where i was looking at comedians who were opening for people and i was thinking i'm better than that mm-hmm. so i'd go to people and i'd say i could do that and then go and after a while they go okay and you do that for a while and then you look at the people in the mid spot and you go i can take it yeah. yeah and then that's, the, that's how you work up so immerse yourself in comedy do the work and go and see as much as you can like watch it on netflix but especially go to live shows because nothing will make you more enthusiastic and excited about comedy than seeing somebody who really knows what they're doing
0: crush the shit out of it. Very from the greatest. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, the best. All Speaking right. of which, uh, I'm performing on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Uh, every Friday, catch Grant here, sometimes mm-hmm. me, uh, in the Friday show, at uh, Prakovna. Mm-hmm. So, how do you say it? Uh, Prakovna. Prakovna. So not, uh, here at Prague, and you can also watch him at the Grand T- you can follow him on the grand T- christ the, it's Grant the christ grand christ on instagram T- yes and making europe making grants europe again. grants again
1: which is on itunes or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
0: all right that's my friend here that's our time that was a very enjoyable podcast thanks for coming here thank, thank you for having me Mohammed. and yeah with that I'll see you guys later Bye-bye. bye